They shoot the shit. They shoot, they shoot the shit. Shoot, 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 shit, shit, shit. Shooting the shit with Chippa. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Shooting the Shit with Chippa. As always, I am Chris Chipman, a.k.a. The Chippa. And before I get to today's very special guest, um, those of you listening uh, you know, from around the world might have never heard of Lynn, Massachusetts before, but I'm from there, and my guest is someone else from there that actually made a movie and you can watch it on Amazon Prime. So I can't wait to uh, to dive in and let you know who that is. But really quick, I'd like to thank my $15 or more a month patrons. They are Mason, Christopher Finnick, Patricia Chipman, Hugh K. Campbell Jr., Alex Peregrine, Kevin CV, Mike the Gatherer, Tyler Freshcorn, Mark Price, Collaborating Online, Alex Shaw, Seth Comfort, Seth Decker, Andrew Krause, Little Nikki, Robert V. Aldrich, Aaron Moriarty, Carolyn Thompson, Scott R. Curie, and Shore Hansen Gustad. I cannot believe that list has gotten so big. I thought if I, you know, made the the high money patrons something to shout out. I'd have like four or five of you a year or two into this. And the fact that there's 20 blows me away. Thank you all for uh, helping me continue to do this show and to get to talk to awesome people like my guest today. This episode, because we're recording at the end of 2020, is brought to you by the COVID-19 vaccine because I want to go back outside. Um, and with that, um, today's guest is Jake Fay, uh, fellow Lynn Mass resident Jake Fay. Tell everybody about yourself. Hey guys, my name yeah, is Jake Fay. I'm from Lynn, uh, 27 years old, independent filmmaker who, um, you know, went went to film school out in Hartford, Connecticut, and uh, decided to just jump right in and start making feature films. Uh, skipped a few steps, but hopefully it'll pay off. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, just just skipped right ahead to it. Um, yeah. Th- those of you that uh, you know heard earlier this year, I've I've dove into the movie review and getting um, uh, you know, independent directors on. I ended up getting a pass to the entire virtual Salem Horror Fest. Got a bunch of those directors on, and I've I've gotten an itch for it now. And it just you know, I saw a tweet um, about uh, this movie, and I was like, wait a minute, Lynn, Massachusetts, and the movie's in Lynn and takes place in Lynn, and wow, I can actually contact the guy that made it. This is going to be great. Um, so, Jake, g- give people the the quick um, you know before we get into the details of it, the quick rundown of the movie you made. Yeah, so it's uh, the movie's called The Process. It's a, it's a feature-length narrative film um, about young rappers trying to make it out of the inner city and, and being ambitious. And we, you know, we fight with the idea of, you know, is, 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 there, is it ambition or is it blind ambition? It's just really these rappers trying to, you know, maneuver their way through their hometown and, and how much do they need their hometown, how, how much do they need their hometown and that love-hate relationship we all think we, I think we all have with, with our hometowns. Um, so it's really about, you know, artists just trying to make it, trying to make a living off of their art and express themselves. Yeah, no, and it, it's, it's, it's awesome. Um, as, especially for, you know, an independent film from someone 10 years younger than me hit off the ground. I mean, this, this is not a, you know, an independent movie that looks like something a couple of buddies cobbled together in their backyard. You know, this, you made a very professional looking independent film and I, uh, I really hope anyone listens to this. Um, gets out there and sees it because uh, you know if you have prime you can see it for free i can't wait to be able to buy a copy off of you i mm-hmm. hope that happens someday just to support you know i i think it's really cool and um you know if people you know search for your movie and search for your website there's a lot of cool 
little like documentary quick things on there I'm showcasing even more of our city that actually I'll, I'll say it is you know is a beautiful city people don't realize that because it's lynn <laughs> you, you know but yeah, uh no it, you it showcase it really well absolutely yeah there's a lot of negative connotations in lynn and i think um it's important to 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 show people that there are positive things going on in the city and that um, you know, I, I always talk about, you know, big Hollywood films have come to Lynn now and shot a ton because, you know, tax incentives and, you know, yeah. the look of, and I think it was important to make a movie about the actual place they're coming in to shoot. And, you know, don't make it look like Detroit shoot Lynn and tell about Lynn, you know? <laughs> no, exactly. It doesn't need, it, it always cracks me up. Um, you know, when I saw gone baby gone and I love that movie, you know, I, I love the stuff Affleck's been able to do, especially the local, but I'm like, you're shooting a scene that takes place in Chelsea. You just said you're going to Chelsea. Why are you filming in Lynn? Yeah. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? Like your movie literally took place in Charlestown. Why not just film in Chelsea? Yeah. Um, but, but I know it always cracked me up. It's like, that's my buddy's house in the background there. Yeah. But uh, no, and, and really, really importantly, you know, you were able to make a movie um, about Lynn taking place in Lynn that was a positive story and showcase things in a positive way without it being like a sugar-coated, oh, the place is perfect. These mm -hmm. these characters felt like actual people that I know in the city growing up that were dealing with the actual issues and the actual things you can get stuck in and felt like real people instead of, you know, a movie that might try to glorify um, or make it look, uh, cut out the rough stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. I think so many times in, in art especially nowadays you know you, you gotta if you want to tell a story about a rapper it needs to be you know that's something different about it. it needs to be an older person or the rapping for therapy or the rap and i think it's important sometimes to just to mirror life it they're in the city rappers just trying to make it out there's nothing more to it than that and i think that sometimes art is just art if you just mirror what we're seeing and i think that's really important i think it allows people to feel included um in in the film sphere, which, you know, there's been hip hop movies and they've done a good job, but I think it was important to make one about um, local artists that aren't making it big and maybe will never make it big, but still do it every single day because they love it. Right. And, and you're able to, you know, parallel that or, or, you know, it's all relative within the group, right? You have a whole bunch, the movie is not, it doesn't have, you know, these rappers sitting around watching like, you know, a, a big YouTube video from like a giant star. They're watching, videos of other local rappers that shot a cool video and getting jealous but you know it's in a like it's in a um everybody's at their level kind of thing like any one of them could hit that in a second and i i like the story being done that way because it um they're not aspiring to be you know on the on the cover of some hollywood magazine they're aspiring to you know get people to stand behind their art and that mm -hmm. And that's a story, it never usually stays at that level. It always, you know, there's always got to be something else about the story. And this is like, no, I, you know, the whole thing is I just want to win a chance to be an opening act for a big deal rapper, but mm -hmm. it's still a local venue, you know? And it's like, I like that about it a lot. Um, now, before I get into, you know, what came about, like what made you want to make this movie, you know, um, where, where in Lynn are you from? Um, I'm from Purden Ave, so right by Classical and, you know, right across the street from Current Circle. Um, awesome. Awesome. Um, typical Westland kid. Went to Breed. Yeah. Classical. Um, oh, so. it's so wild. I grew up on Southside Avenue. Um, 
right. Uh, so you've got the soccer field right across from classical north yep. side and south side right off Boston yep. Street. I'm right there. So you and I are literally Westland kids. <laughs> yep. Nice. So you grew up across from Kerwin Circle, so right on the outskirts of the village there. Yeah, yeah, right. Uh, I, I think technically Pernab is is the village, I believe. Yeah. Um, yep. So we're, we're veterans village kids. <laughs> yes, for for people uh, that are you're like, oh God, what are they talking about? There's yeah. an area where a whole lot of um, housing got built for veterans from the war, and so that's why it's called Veterans Village. Uh, and uh, yeah, it's it's really cool. And there's there was you know an old folks home there on the hill that used to have a ton of land, and now it's um just all uh, like condos and stuff and everything on tower hill there yeah. um but yeah no it's 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 wild and you know so that, that's so cool so you said you went to breed and callahan and classical was that uh, lincoln thompson breed then classical. lincoln thompson there you yeah. go yeah Link, lincoln yeah. thompson right there it, is that that's not on gardner that's on um gardner and it's on either side of the street so it's myrtles on one right. side we used to go skateboard in their parking lot and get yelled yep. at all the time. <laughs> uh, oh, this is this is wild. So okay, um, awesome. So uh, what um did did you grow up um in in like a a group of people that had you know rappers and stuff in it? Was that like an inspiration, or was it just like you got into high school and you ended up meeting some kids? Um, I grew up with with a lot of rappers. Um, everyone I knew kind of was rapping, um, and. I always like enjoyed their music and I probably knew I was being biased towards it because they were my friends, but I wouldn't listen to something if it wasn't good. I, I could sit there and be like, Oh yeah, that's good. Well, I'm listening to it with them. But I found myself actually listening to it in the car and in my own headphones. So it's like, I'm at, you can't listen to music that, that isn't good, you know, especially on your own that, that that's torture. So I really did enjoy the music and I believed in them. Um, and a lot of those kids actually either acted in the movie or we used their music. We had 26 original songs. So we had a ton of, of, of local music in it and kids that I grew up in. And I just always believed in their music. I went on to play division one basketball and I would, I would play their music in my headphones before, before games. And it felt like it gave me this, this upper hand, maybe someone else was listening to Drake or Kanye West, but I was listening to a good friend of mine talk about my city. So I always felt connected to, to their music and, and, and their art and their ambitions. Um, so when I ended up graduating um, from film school, I knew that I had the script already written. I knew this was something I really wanted to do. Oh, that's wild. That that's so cool. Have you um have you ever met Chanta Luke? I have not. Not that I believe. I, again, it's 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 the it's the ten year um difference. Uh, he he was a kid I graduated with that was a street magician and, and rapper and um at all all this and he actually is a producer now and I and I believe he works out of Lynn. He he rapped as C Look. That was him and um. Or and uh, he's a DJ. What is he? He's DJ Vanilla Rice. That's because he's because he's Asian. He's 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 a funny funny guy. And he would always, you know, in in our year, you know, talent shows and stuff like that, and this that the school would do. You know, classical was much less apt to let anybody doing anything, you know, kind of edgy, you know, mm -hmm. on stage. So he he would find a way to be like, oh, you know, I'm going to show up and do my magic, and then he'd do his magic, but he'd like freestyle rap over it. Awesome. You know, the, the, and, um, you know, we had, you know, kids that were in like metal bands that would come up and like play behind him and stuff. And it's like, it was a really fun mix of all the different, uh, people, but, um, he actually got, uh, and I just wasn't sure if he was involved in all you, you, you should look him up because he would definitely have run with this crowd at one point. 
in um, in his in his career. But he he brought a local Lynn girl, a singer, to uh, one of those like America's Got Talent or something, and and mm. made it made it a little way through. So it's like that was kind of cool. But yeah. uh, I just I love stories like that coming coming from our city, and I love that the more I learn about the ten years difference because my my sister is thirty. And she graduated with at least one of the guys in your movie um, who I think tried out for it, um, which, which I thought was really cool. But uh, she graduated, she graduated from high classical and it was just interesting to hear how much the, the community and the students, how much more diverse it became on everybody getting involved in the, the local rap and art scene. Mm-hmm. And it was way less um, of a, community thing when i was in college it was much more of like an underground like you either knew the guys or you didn't mm-hmm. and um and and i like that your movie shows that it's really you know like everybody walking around kind of knows each other and it's, it's so cool yeah definitely yeah I, I wanted to show that that you know not in the sense of watered down but in the sense that there are a lot of kids rapping and some of them yeah they do want to make it big and get rich and famous and maybe that's why they're doing it but i think in my eyes, some of the the majority of it is is that it's something to look forward to. They're getting in the booth, they're making music with their friends, they're being creative. It's a it's a if they worked at nine to five uh, at six o'clock, you know they're they're making music and, and they're and they're loving it. So I wanted to show that a lot of people do are doing it, but it's a positive you know expression. Yeah, and I I love the inclusion of the older generation mm-hmm. in the story. You know, you, you, you a lot of these stories focus on only only the kids or only the teenagers and you know the parent or the the friend or the co-worker is someone that's like taking them down and everybody here is so they might not fully get it or understand it but everybody is really supportive mm-hmm. like I, I i love um what's it the uh the character who's an electrician and he he gets uh, dropped off by that but yeah by the older guy he's working with and he's like you know they're listening to metal and he's like, maybe next time I'll play, you know, your rap stuff. And there's like a respect, like a jokey respect between yeah. them instead of like, Oh, you stupid kid, you know, go off and do the dumb thing you do. Yeah. It, I, and um, I love, um, I love the characters. Father. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. That was the, uh, the, the, the guy that was his coworker. Uh, that was my dad making a cameo. <laughs> That's awesome. He yeah. was really good. <laughs> so that was cool. Um, no, that's awesome, and and I love the father of um of our other cat, you know the 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 ex basketball player, you know, and like the advice, you know, the there, it's very much a you know, hey, if you can get out of this, it's going to be hard, and it might not work, but it's all very inspirational instead of mm-hmm. you're never going to make anything of yourself all the time, and there's there's characters that tell our character that, mm-hmm. you know, but the movie doesn't really morally say whether they're right or wrong because it's real life exactly yeah and and i like that about it it's it's not um you didn't make you know a, a cheesy you know disney hollywood narrative you made a oh uh, you know we're we're gonna show you a you know a few days in the life of these guys and it might not work out for them mm-hmm. and and we're not really gonna find out their whole story uh now i had read and i think it was on your 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 bio for the movie that your main character is um, inspired by at least the, the rap styling or is it the story inspired by an actual Lynn rapper? Um, it was, I would say it was inspired by and loosely based on, um, I think that I put 
a lot of people into that main character, including myself. I think, yeah, I think we have Sindel and us. Um, the main character does use songs from C. Wells, who's a good friend of mine, who's a rapper in Lynn. Um, so definitely loosely based on you know a bunch mm -hmm. of rappers put together, and you know myself and and other people that I knew. You know, I think it's true that you can only write what you know. And writing that character, I had a lot of fun with it because I could I could make him whoever I wanted him to be. Um, so I could use parts of someone else and parts of myself and parts of another person and maybe someone I just wa went to college with, but never, you know, so I, it was fun writing that character because he is, you know, we, we want, he, he does get in his own way sometimes. And I think we all do that. Um, but he is, you know, ambitious and he does have a talent and he, 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 he'll do whatever to get his art out, which, which I appreciated in that character. No, absolutely. And and I love the the name Sindel because I like that little sin and I'm sitting there going, oh, my God, this is perfect. Like yeah. I could just see someone that that be their name and it's like City of Sin. And I'm like, this is awesome. Um, <laughs> you, uh, it, it just it's it's so um, authentically Lynn, like mm -hmm. the, the scene, the scenes of them hanging out, you know, are and, and people are going to go, you know, really like when you when you were growing up in Lynn, like kids hanging out like talked like this and did this and i'm like yes 100 percent. everything in this is authentic and i'm you know like you know uh engineer sitting here you know uh you know in, in in a nice job like growing up but it's like i had so many times just hanging out in a one-room place with mm -hmm. a bunch of kids just wasting time and aspiring to nothing or yeah. something and and like it it didn't feel like a los angeles like movie it felt like a lynn movie or a detroit movie it, it felt like a lynn movie you know um and i it, i felt very seen by it and that's that's weird as you know uh you know as, as a white kid talking about this movie but that's what i liked about the story is you know yeah it's a movie about rap but that's and that's a, a community it's a community of people it's not just one type of person there's no stereotype that this movie is attempting to portray it's just portraying real people dealing with real shit Absolutely. and i really like and that that was something that you know uh, a few people that weren't from lynn that were working on the film in the really early stages you know came to me and was like you know is this okay for you know a white director and a white writer to, to do this and, and i and i totally get that concern and i would never want to try to tell you know a story that i i'm not a part of or i feel like i don't know but this is just the story about my hometown and this is who i grew up with and 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 this is how, you know, we and they speak. So it was, it like you said, it came off authentic, and I hope that um, everyone sees that. And I think, I think the and the 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 response has been incredible. I mean, people have really, really liked the movie. Uh, people from Lynn and people that aren't from Lynn, and I want it to be universal because I think, you know, rap music super universal, and um, you know, it's 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 almost folk music, right? They speak we in rap. They yeah. you know we speak super specific to. Brooklyn, Jay-Z talks about Brooklyn, people never been to Brooklyn in their lives, they love that music. So I wanted to show that that could be the same thing for someone talking specifically about Lynn, but someone from the inner city in Kansas could say, oh, that's just like my hometown. You know, I wanted to make it um, specific to Lynn, but I think when you, when you can be hyper-specific to an inner city and tell the truth about it, it's going to be universal for a lot of other cities. Yeah. You know, ab absolutely. Now, you you wrote and direct. I mean, you, you were kind of a one man show. It seems in a lot of respects. Yeah. But you wrote and directed this. When um when did you write this? Like what when was the time period? Um, I wrote it back in I think I want to say 2016. I actually wrote it in film school. 
Um, nice. First year Hartford. So I knew, um, you know, I went into the screenwriting class uh, my last year in film school and a lot of kids and no knock on them. They're writing films that, you know, were maybe sci-fi and they're really interesting films. But I'm like, if I'm going to take time and write a film and also have an entire class and a professor to, to give me feedback, I'm going to take advantage of this to make a movie, to write a movie that I can eventually go make um, on a micro budget. So I wrote, you know, I've always wanted to tell the story of the, the kids I grew up with, because, again, I, I believe in their art. And I believe that, you know, it's rap isn't the type of genre of music where I always give the example of you can go pick up an acoustic guitar and play at a coffee shop and three people will be there. But no one's going to, you know, be like, oh, why are you doing that? Why are you playing the acoustic guitar? No one's there. They'll, they'll just clap and get their coffee. But in rap, it feels like sometimes if you're not getting 10,000 to a million views on your YouTube page, people are going to say, why are you doing it? And they're going to kind of throw shade. So I wanted to yep. show and tell a story of, of the rappers behind maybe the 500 views on YouTube and that they do put a lot of time and effort into it. And maybe they don't really care that they're only getting 500 views. They're, they're enjoying the entire, the entire process of it. No, absolutely. Um, that, that, that's, that's really cool. It, you know, it, it, it's funny that you say, you know, the, um, the artist, you know, that doesn't care about the low amount of views and wanting to tell that story and wanting to write something that you can go out and make. Cause I think, there's an authenticity when, when I review movies, you know, I, I did them for the horror fest and people, you know, would go, how can you calibrate yourself? You know, if you're talking about, you know, a Marvel movie and then you can go and, you know, say that, you know, a little indie movie that you watched, you liked just as much. And I said, because it, the product is different. Do you, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? And if you're authentic and you work within the means that you have, that shines through if, if a movie is consistent and doesn't um contradict itself it doesn't like you know you can have you know a, a five thousand dollar movie and drop two grand on one scene mm -hmm. you know and if the rest of the movie looks cheap in comparison to that or is poorly written in comparison to that or whatever it shows like a wound you know mm -hmm. what i mean it's like right there like shining you in the face but if your movie has a consistency throughout, like if you got, you know, a good person behind the camera that knows how to frame a shot, even though you might not have the most expensive film stock in the world, and you've got actors that can really portray your dialogue or a script that might be better than the actors that you have, and they kind of work in unison, you know, however it works, if that coalesces into something that you enjoy, who, who cares if it costs $180 million or, or 5,000 bucks? Exactly. And, and that and that's the way I look at it. Um, and that's how I'm able to, you know, say like, you know, the, the process is a movie that I love because, you know, this is like early Richard Linklater and, you know, people like mm -hmm. that just making movies about what they knew. Mm -hmm. um, and 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 I mean that, you know, it, it, there's no. Um, I, there's no pretentiousness, I guess. The movie's not not reaching to be something that it's not. And, um, and, and if it was trying to do that, it would, it would show like a sore thumb. And, mm -hmm. and I, so, so you write this thing in 2016, how, how does it become a, a legitimate production and like how many people were on set? What did a, what did the set for your movie look like? Quote unquote set, <laughs> you know, cause I know how that works. <laughs> 2016, which was my last year in film school. Um, and then I was playing college basketball. I ended up graduating and transferring early. Um, so then I went down and I played um, my last year of college basketball actually in St. Thomas in the Virgin Islands. So I was oh, getting cool. business down there. So I was kind of away from the film world and not making films. And 
um, you know, not really making big changes to the process script. It was at like 130 pages then. And I, it just kind of sat there. Um, and then I graduated and I moved out actually to Wyoming. Um, and I, I kind of made the statement to myself of, I'm going to move to Wyoming and for a year straight, I'm going to work, you know, I was working 70 hour weeks and I'm going to put everything away towards, um, towards this film. So it was kind of one of those things of like, once I told myself that and I told my family that and I started telling my friends that and then I started putting it on social media and starting to kind of cast the film, it was becoming a real thing. Um, and once that happens, you're, you're going to make the film regardless. So, um, you know, by January of 2019, but December of 2018, really, I had a lot of a lot of the stuff casted. Casted. I had. Um, I knew I wanted to put a lot of money towards um, equipment and crew, and I knew that a lot of the people that I was writing the movie about would come in and act um, for really cheap or free because a lot of them have wanted to act before but never had the opportunity. And I wanted to be able to give them that opportunity, so I went more with crew and equipment than I did with, um, with, with professional actors. I thought, you know, they're, they're, a lot of them are going to be playing themselves or people they know. Um, so it's close to home for them. And I just started yeah. and getting the crew ready. Um, I got, um, Evan, I can never pronounce his right name from Hub Top Films. His last name is like Schneider. It's pretty simple. But so Evan Schneider, I got him from Hub Top Films. He came in as the grip. Um, and he had, you know, he had like a two ton grip truck, which was awesome. Um, oh, great. But, I got Catherine Castro on board as the DP and she, she's incredible. And she's a pretty big name in new England and New York. And is, as we speak, is becoming a, a really big name in, in the cinematography sphere all over the, all over the world. She shot a film in South Africa right before she did the process. So I think she did three, three, um, three feature films in 2019, which was awesome. One of them being ours. So once I had her on board, um, names started falling in because they wanted to work with her because they knew how good she was. Um, so once the cast kind of came in and the crew came in, we were ready to go. I started doing table reads. I moved back home, um, in, in July and I started doing table reads, you know, three times a week. Um, Paul oh, so Pepper, cool. my AD, which was awesome to have him on board. Um, Sam Robinson was our gaffer who is just absolutely incredible. Kat wanted some of the shot. Catherine wanted some of the shots a little more dirty as far as lighting. And he's just such a good, uh, gaffer that it, it never looked dirty. And I love the look of the film. Um, we ended up shooting on a, an RE Mini, Alexa Mini. So that was, was you know, $200,000 camera with all the lenses and all that. So that was really cool. Um, we shot it at Super 16. You kind of see the grain. Um, so one, once we started, once I started casting and, and, and getting that crew set, the ball just kept rolling and rolling. And then uh, one of the more nerve-wracking things is, is locking locations. We had, you know, 20-something locations in 11-day shoot. Um, so it was a lot of just trusting people that agreed to open up their businesses, that they were going to be there to open up the businesses when we showed up because I had no rain dates. I had no no backup plan. It was when we were there for those six hours or 12 hours, we need you to to be there and be cool with us, you know, taking apart your restaurant or your home. We'll put everything back the way we found it, but we might take down a sailing panel or take off a door, but we'll put it back, we promise. <laughs> yeah, no, of, wow. Um <laughs> you you hit on so many really important points that that are all things so first off you know the the crew that's awesome that it, it was you know such a because it, it felt like a very professional feeling movie behind the camera mm -hmm. and i say that to people sometimes and they go no nah, it was just me and my buddy with a cell phone and i sit there and go how did you make a movie that looks like this that way but um one of the things that was really striking about about your movie is how professional it looked and i and it doesn't have to 
you know what I mean? You you, you wrote you wrote a, a great script, and you know the people are putting their all into it, and you know to to varying degrees, they're either not actors or very good at being actors, but it all feels authentic. But the the cinematography it reminded me when, when I was living in Lowell um, in college at the very end of college in grad school, um, they were filming the movie The Fighter. Mm-hmm. And um, that, that's a director who actually loves filming in Lynn, um, yeah. as funny yeah. as that is. Um, but uh, there was something about, uh, I call it like docudrama, mm-hmm. is, is like the, 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 the look that, that you almost feel like, um, like voyeuristic, mm-hmm. like you're, you're standing there too watching this, but you shouldn't be. And that's a very hard thing to make look pretty. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And and the fighter, like, you know, it filmed Lowell in a very stark and beautiful way mm-hmm. by not really doctoring it up. It, it showed it for what it was. And that's what I felt about the, the cinematography in this movie is it just they you Catherine that picked the right lenses to show Lynn for what Lynn is, you know, mm-hmm. uh, bumps, bruises, grime, brightness, all of it. You know, the the shots with the. um with the uh, murals in the background and, Mm -hmm. you know, the stuff of downtown and just the framing of shots. And even, uh, you know, my favorite, favorite bits was how cool the uh, recording sessions were. And um, I, I really loved all the scenes when, you know, when, when they would go and the way it would transition. Okay. This is when the next guy comes in in the song and you do that transition. He'd get up out of the booth and come in and the way that was shot, and set up it was just such a cool efficient way to deliver um character and just to like showcase how good these guys were at at at, as characters you know with their with their music now your your main guys um your main three there that were you know in that in that singing group did they all rap was that them or was that someone else's song that they were jason our lead is He's from Lynn. He graduated Lynn English, I think, in maybe 2009. He, yep. um, he, um, he is trying to be, he, he's getting a lot of work. He, he is in the acting sphere. Um, he is not a rapper. Um, Adam Lon, Michael, who played Winston, is, yeah. is a rapper. And I wrote that. I grew up with Adam. I wrote that specifically for him. That is as close as I can get to writing him as possible he i sent I, I wrote this you know four years in advance but i was always a little nervous to send it to the guys because i just wrote a movie where you're kind of a character and i feel like i didn't want that that to rub them the wrong way so i was super nervous and when i eventually sent it to a lot of the the kids that i grew up with who are rappers adam knew who his character was and and, and was you know read it in 20 minutes and was super happy about it and that that gave me a ton of confidence going into into the film that um he was excited about that role that i wrote specifically for him so that that was really cool and then um uh, marvin who played brian um with the stutter he is from dorchester and he is um he's trying to be a full-time actor as well he gets he's working he's getting a lot of work now um probably he probably wants to get more um but with the pandemic that's tricky but he he he's an actor well so for those main three adam was the only one that is a non-actor um and jason and marvin are both actors but with full-time jobs currently still Cool. Now that, you know, the, the character with the stutter, does he have a stutter or is that fully no, that, the character? That was, that was written in and, and, and Marvin did a really good job. Um, he watched a lot of videos on it. He, he watched different movies where guys had stutters. He YouTube people with stutters and, and he got it down really well because, um, you know, when you stutter, sometimes you, you, you try to get it out with your face and he did such a good job of, of portraying that 
he wanted to get these words out and he was using his facial muscles and his cheeks and all that. So he did such a, such a great job because that's not an easy thing to do. Um, especially in indie, indie film where you're trying to get your, you know, your, your acting reel up and now you, you get a feature film and, and you got to start it the whole time, but he did a, an incredible job. Well, he, he did it great. And there, there was some really, um, there was some really profound things that his character says, you know, his, his, his moments always ended up being like, um, exclamation points on the situation you know mm -hmm. going on and he did a great job of using that stutter in a way that felt authentic to like how it would go but it gave like a pause to make the next thing he was going to say like really poignant mm -hmm. and and I, i'm like wow that could and so i was wondering if you know if it was literally that no that actor just has that and you use them to their ability or if that was written i couldn't tell and that yeah. i think is is a really good uh, feather in his cap that, you know. <laughs> yeah, we, we sat down and, you know, I wrote the stutter in, but of course, when you're writing a stutter, it's you, you, I needed the actor to come in and own it and, and pick and choose when he was going to stutter. Um, so we sat down and we went through that a lot. You know, we met, me and Marvin met almost three times a week for, for three months going into that film. So he, we, we picked and choose where we were going to stutter and what that was going to, what would that was going to mean to the scene. And he, he did such a good job. I couldn't speak more highly on, on Marvin and how he came in every day and ready to go. And even on the days where he wasn't maybe filming, he, he would stick around and want to just be a part of it. And, and that means a lot to us um, on set because small indie film, you know, some people want to get in and out and, and Marvin stuck around and, and, and enjoyed the whole experience, which is, which is cool. That's awesome. You, you talked to the next point you touched on was locations. And I, you know, some movies, you know, you find, okay, it's shot in your city and you, you go to watch it and you want to see things, you know, that feel authentic. And it's like, okay, well, they shot it in my city, but okay, they shot it on this side street or they shot it on this. You had very key things that don't exist anywhere else than Lynn. And, and yeah. I, you know, there's shots that like the opening shot of the movie, you know, right there with the, with the towers in the background, there's no way of mistaking that that's anywhere else than right there in Lynn, mm -hmm. you know? You can't go, oh, this is, you know, some tenement, you know, complex thing on the outskirts of Chicago. It's like, no, 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 no. Like, just the way you framed the shot and everything is like, no, that, that, I know exactly where that is. There's no, every, basically every, I, I recognize nearly every shot in the movie and just going, oh, I know exactly where that is. And it makes me smile. Um, but, you know, oh, the, the, the Tipico, the, the roast beef place, you know, all this. I'm like, this is so good. But, um, were, did you have areas in mind or was that all just like locations when you go, okay, I have the script and now I'm going to go and see who's going to say yes. Or, or was there a specific, it needed to be here, you know? Um, so when I, when I was, when I was writing the, the screenplay back in college, I was writing it for a generic city and my professor just oh. basically said like, you might as I, and I asked her, I said like, I said, like, should I be like specific to one town or should I be more generic? And she she told me just be super specific to one town because you're going to be able to describe things better and all that. So I really went full force with it. And I would write, you know, they were at in front of the Neptune Towers or they were at El Tipico or they were at um, Lynn House of Roast Beef. And three years after that, I'm, I'm location scouting and I'm locking all of these locations. And it was a really cool feeling of, of writing it specifically for a place and then going and actually getting to use that place. Um, so like Tipico, Lynn House, the Neptune Towers, um, so many of these places were we were we were doing. We, I was writing and, and we were getting, which was which was really cool. Um, and it speaks, I think, to the community at large that you know they 
they did they the community itself did did back the film which was which was really cool um and they were all they've been so supportive throughout this entire the entire process of making the process um which is ah, been really cool and you know the, the, another cool thing about the locations you know is you you can get movies in in i won't even call it this genre but like the the stereotype in in a movie like this is to have very specific things happen and i I like the way that you you kind of spun that around a little bit. Like you know, yeah, yeah. There's a scene where he where he gets jumped and gets the stuff stolen from him. But the movie, the movie is more concerned with the aftermath of of these things, mm-hmm. like of how it affects the guy and you know his journey more than like the the roughness or the or the violence of it. You know, it happens and the movie moves on. And I I particularly liked when um. When, you know, the guy who, you know, he lost all, he lost all those drugs. So the guy was mm-hmm. going to go take care of it. And instead of there being a big confrontation where he's hunting those guys down, it's like a shot of him on the side of the road dying mm-hmm. and you know, everything you need to know the, the, and your, your, um, the, not, not budget. There's, there's a word for, uh, the writing style of getting a lot out of a little, do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Of not having Absolutely. to repeat, not having to repeat yourself. Like that guy said, "Don't worry, I got this. I'm going to take care of it." And you know, he went and tried to figure out who these guys were and confronted them and mm-hmm. got his ass handed to him. You yeah. know, and and a, a little little side because I know now that you grew up right down there is something um, oddly. I'm not going to say pleasing because you know it's it's the world it's the world we grow up in, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, especially living in Westland. Westland is you know the uh, quote unquote nicer <clears throat> and i'm using that with with quotes because <laughs> all of lynn all of lynn has rough batches and happy mm-hmm. and pleasant batches to it but that's the area where like you know parents were moving to keep get their kids away from the downtown and everything else mm-hmm. but i knew stuff like that happened all the time there were drug deals behind callahan there were stabbings outside of breed you know there were all mm-hmm. these things but that's that's what we grew up in and trying to pretend that all oh, that stuff only happens you know, near the Linway uh, behind the brickyard is, is not how it goes, you, mm-hmm. you know? And um, I just loved that shot. And I, I remember texting you and I was watching it. Is that Callahan? Because <laughs> There's very few buildings and areas that look like that. Now, um, was that a, a, a specific, like, you know, idea of where that scene would go down or was that, cause it's just a really well-framed shot. It's like, it's, it's almost like you're driving by in a car, seeing it happen and kind of just rolling the window up and yeah. continuing on. And it I'm was, like, Oh, that's so haunting. Like, yeah. We, um, I think that that was the film gods are with us in that one because we were, I did, I did the scheduling and it was a lot to fit in in 11 days. So, I actually just didn't write in Reggie's death. I, I just said, we'll figure it out on set one day. We'll just have Corey, the actor, come in and we'll kill him off as quickly as possible sort of thing. And so we were shooting um, out front of Callahan because we want we wanted to find a place where we could shoot and no one was going to bother us. And it was the car scene after the party where um, Haiti, mm-hmm. Sindel and, and Reggie are in, are in the car and they kind of have that conversation before they pull off. Um, so we were gonna, we were shooting that there. So Corey was already there. And I said, I figured, hey, we'll find a place in this area to kind of kill him off. And before our grip truck even showed up, um, the camera van was there and Cat got out of the car. And there was like just this fog that rolled in, like this really heavy, creepy fog. And then the yellow light up top of Callahan to kind of light up that parking lot was on. And 
Kat was just like, do you want to do it here? And Corey was there. And I said, hell yeah. So there was no gaffing. There was no gripping. We put the camera on sticks and we just let that happen. And about an hour later, we were filming the car scene where they're in the car, having a conversation in the car. And, you know, we looked up and the fog was gone. So it, it, it was there just for that one shot. And, and we grabbed it and it worked perfectly. So that's a shot I'm, I'm super proud of because, you know, you put in all this work and scheduling and everything goes good. And luck was on our side for that one, for sure. So that was, that was, I'm so appreciative of that shot. And, and it was just a really cool, cool part, time to be on set during that, that shot. It is. It, it's, it's so cool. And, you know, that there, there's so many singular, like, iconic shots in this movie. And I think, I think they'd be iconic to someone that doesn't know the area, too. But I, mm-hmm. I, love, the, I love the car um, freestyle uh, sequence at the beginning, just getting to know our three characters right mm-hmm. outside the towers, you know, there. Um, it's just it, like, like I said, the movie oozes authenticity and that's a weird hard, That's a hard thing to do, you know, mm-hmm. especially, especially when you're making an independent film and you have people that aren't all trained actors, it can sometimes feel like they're trying too hard. Mm-hmm. Um, and God, man, I, 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 it's, it's so cool to have found this thing and, mm-hmm. to, and I, and I want to get it. I want to help you get the word out there. Cause I just think Absolutely. it's great. Um, yeah. Now, you, we were talking a little bit, you know, obviously the, the, the songs in the movie are all, you know, local artists and everything, which is, or for the most part, which is awesome. Were, were a lot of them written for the movie? Um, we wrote or like the around song, the production. The song that was written in um, that they recorded in the YMCA scene that was uh, in the Lin Y with uh, with the teacher that was written. That was we wrote that for the movie specifically. Everything else was songs that i knew i wanted i knew who my kind of favorite rappers were in the city and i reached out to them and and wanted to get their music in and everyone was so you know thankful and willing to to spread the art which is you know we want if i'm making a movie about lynn rap i want to make sure that lynn rappers are excited about it so to get everyone's music i really there was no song that i wanted to get that i couldn't get which was really cool so every song uh, there was like the freestyle scene we wrote. So that was new to the movie. And then the process song uh, towards the end, which then we pulled that beat and Gary Arnold, our sound designer out of Brooklyn, who is a three time Emmy winner. He, uh, he, he, he took that, that beat and uh, we gave him all the stems and he scored the whole film with that beat. Um, and it's just gorgeous. So, so that was really cool to have every part of this movie. Hip hop was really cool. Yeah. And, in uh, an authentic hip hop, like not, not censored, not changed and trying mm-hmm. to be turned into something that was marketable. You know, it, it's very like, no, this is what these, these kids are going to be singing about. There's, there's mm-hmm. no, um, there's no, uh, you know, well, you know, like the, that, that song they recorded there, I'm listening to going, man, they're talking about Kerwin circle and Kings yeah. Lynn and all this. And I'm like, this is, this is like, and this is the kind of stuff that when, when I was, you know, 15, 16 years old, um, before, uh, you know, um, was it 96.9 became a bigger yeah. local station that and WFNX were like out of the same building in downtown Lynn and 96.9 would play local Lynn rappers and you'd, you know, but it, it, so it'd be like fun to like turn on the radio at like 11 o'clock at night. And it's like, mm-hmm. this guy's singing about, you know, Mike's roast beef over there. Yeah. Like what, <laughs> this is awesome. <laughs> like, and, and, you know, and, uh, you know, or, you know, he's talking about, you know, um, homeroom and classical on nine 11, you mm-hmm. know, cause, cause I, I lived that, you know, to hear a guy singing about this and I, um, it, it's just such an important thing to get out there. And I know, mm-hmm. you know, cities all over the world have, have 
stories like this and things like this. But, you know, I love that you had that teacher that was able to give you that inspiration to go, no, 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 you're inspired by your city to write this and you're trying to make it generic, but generic isn't going to sell as well as just being honest about what it's about. And that's, as an artist, that's a hard thing to tell yourself. Mm-hmm. Right. And I, I know that, you know, with, um, with these shows, even, you know, as, as little of art as speaking is, but there is some, you know, radio DJ mm-hmm. is where all this comes from. The idea of what do I want to make? Like, mm-hmm. do I want to, do I want to make something that's not really me, but something I know a hundred thousand people are going to enjoy, or do I want to be me and get them to come to me? Mm-hmm. And, and I think uh, being you and letting them come to you and, and I just seeing when, when, when I saw this and I went and looked at the reviews on, on Amazon and I'm looking down and I'm going, people are loving this thing and yeah. it's not all, and it's not all, I know Jake and I watched his movie. You know, it's, I'm in, you know, uh, Detroit and this was great. Or I'm in, and it's like, wait a minute, what? Oh, like this is, and so how, how, so after, after production went down, um, you know, oh, oh, actually before I get to that, the, the shot at the club, cause I, mm-hmm. you know, I, I was actually on, on the edge of my seat a little bit because not knowing you as a filmmaker and not knowing, you know, where you were really going to go with the story. It's like, okay, is this going to be a. And it's not going to work out for you. And you have to learn to live with that kind of sequence. And it, mm-hmm. it, the movie keeps you on a string over whether or not that's going to happen. And, you know, I, I love that about it, but there's a shot that goes through the people in line as the lines moving forward. And maybe I'm, maybe I'm reading too much into it, but you said a lot of the guys in that line were, were playing themselves. They're actual mm-hmm. local rappers. And, and that's the truth, right? Yeah. So yeah, so, we, we yeah. I'll, I'll finish. Continue. You got it. I was going to say, as the camera pans through them in slow motion. Again, I talk about that that efficiency of how you deliver your story. I took that as as the camera went to each group and we saw them kind of like high fiving and laughing, and you heard uh, a, a rap song playing. That that was that group of guys that the cameras on showing like their music. Is that what was happening there? Um. At one point, we we that was a lot of Khalil Jacobs songs were playing in that club line, and Khalil Khalil was in. He played Slim. He was in that gotcha. in the line for that, so that was cool. Um, I just liked that, like it was almost like you know you were hearing their performance without seeing it. Yeah, you know, no, as exactly. as the line was moving, is is how I felt about that. Whether that was the intention or not, I thought that was really cool. Nice, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Anyway, you were saying you, you were going to say something about the. <laughs> Um, well, the, uh, the, the, the club line, we actually shot that in front of the, uh, across from Robert's cleaners on summer street. <laughs> yep. And uh, so that's just the boxing building. They just have this different, you know, co-ops and stuff in there. And we just kind of made that look like a club. Um, and that it worked actually really well. Um, but yeah, we had a lot of, we think we had like four songs that played in that, in that duration and in, in that montage. Um, there were all Lynn rappers and all those Lynn rappers were in that line. Um, and we had to get 30, 30 to 35 people that we tried to make us look like maybe close to 80 people. Um, it worked. It worked. It, it, you know, and, and as soon as I saw the location, I knew exactly where it was. Yeah. And, but at the same time, you could have fooled me. It's like in, in the context of the movie and the way you shot it. No, no, they're in Rhode Island. You yeah. know what I mean? <laughs> like it's, they're waiting, they're waiting to get in. It's, it's all in how you frame a shot. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, 
like you said, you 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 hit gold with with the cinematographer on this thing because, and she definitely put your movie on screen. This wasn't like mm-hmm. a, this wasn't like a you know J- Jake Fay writes a movie and then the cinematographer makes it work. This is a, she definitely had your vision in mind, mm-hmm. and that's super cool. Yeah, um, and and, and um, you know, with only eleven days, we kind of it, it worked in our advantage. But you know, Cat Cat thought we definitely need to go handheld a lot because of just setups and all that. And, and it, it works for the story. Um, but I wanted to make sure that whenever they were rapping, we try to stylize it as much as possible. So every yes. rap scene um, is on a, is on a dolly. Um, so the opening rap scene in the car, we we're it's, it's a dolly. It's, we had a curved track when they were in the studio um, and we're on sticks with the older rappers. And then when they're in the YMCA rapping again, we put it back on a dolly. So I wanted to make sure that when they were rapping, it was as smooth as possible because that's when, these characters in life are there at their most, I guess you could say Zen place. So I wanted to make sure that we changed drastically between the handheld and putting it on a dolly when, when they were rapping. And, and that, that is probably, you know, hitting the nail on the head of why those scenes jump out to me so much is because it, it changes the focus. Like the, the handheld scenes are giving you a focus on things are rough right now. And this is when the guys are figuring stuff out and things aren't going to go right right now. Mm-hmm. But when they're, when they're rapping, there's never, you know, a, a scene of someone busting into the studio and like, you know, messing things up for them when they're, when they're doing their thing, it's like almost like a dream sequence mm-hmm. of like, no, no, I'm, I'm at like, it, you know, it, it's that three point shot at the buzzer, you know, mm-hmm. kind of thing going on where you just like, like, and, and, and your characters own it. It's like no matter what is messed up in their life when they get in that studio, it the movie the movie shows no this this is not just a kid dicking around. This is mm-hmm. he's an artist. He's good at this. Yeah. And and all of them are. The movie never craps on anyone. All of all of the rappers in the film, even if you know they have their own, you know. Um, issues in between each other and you know uh, sin kind of you know holds everything for himself because he needs to get by and doesn't really want to reach out and then the other guys are very you know open and want to bring everybody with him and there's that Mm -hmm. you know argument over whether that's right at the end of the day when we see them doing their thing they're all good yeah (laughs) (laughs) you know and that's 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 really important Mm -hmm. so so you make this movie like during during filming it and during you know the the editing it putting it together at the end. Did you know what the future for it was? Like, did you already have this Amazon thing figured out, or how did how did that come about? We we didn't have screen. Uh, we didn't have any distribution during filming or or after. Uh, we my a good friend from film school, Kyle Rogers, um, edited the film in Connecticut. Um, Kyle did a great job editing that, and then from from there. We sent it to L.A. to Ariana Shining Star. She's a color correctionist um, who works with Apache. Um, she's incredible what she does. She does a ton of Netflix stuff, a lot of big commercials. So she, she made the film. She just hyper-focused Cat's gorgeous frames and images and did such a good job with that. And then I went to Brooklyn to Gary Arnold um, for sound design. And then from there, we started putting it in festivals. And we had a pretty successful festival run. We got into six festivals. We won the Massachusetts Independent Fe- Film Festival we got into Orlando. Um, we got into a few in Atlanta and, and Texas. And then from there, um, Indie Rights, a distribution company from L.A., um, we got in contact and, and they wanted to, to distribute the movie. Um, so we worked that out and then um, they ended up getting on Amazon Prime for me. And it'll be up on a few more uh, streaming platforms pretty soon. Um, 
Indeed Rights, they'll do a, a theatrical release for you in, in L.A. once you sign with them. So I was oh, looking cool. forward to that. But but because of COVID, um, there really there's no theaters to be opened in L.A. right now. Uh, so right. that kind of stinks. But, um, you know, I I always think that sound does change a film. So I wanted to put a lot of my money in, and get a really good sound engineer. And Gary did such a good job. And Gary ended up doing um, stereo and 5.1 for us. Um, so I really want to watch it in a movie theater soon because we have this 5.1 audio that like, you know, I oh. just I just want to hear it so bad correctly, you know. Um, so hopefully, you know, when COVID ends or, or, or something happens, we can we can all go watch it in a movie theater, you know. Um, but hopefully that can happen sometime soon. But yeah, so Indie, Indie Rights um, contacted me and I signed with them um, and they're they're working on my film and, and getting out to different platforms, which is super exciting. Um, you know, Amazon Prime is a great place to have it on. So. Uh, when I found out it was going to be on there a few weeks ago, I was really excited. And finally that, you know, people could finally go watch the movie. And, and you know, you always get nervous as the director and producer that the, uh, everyone works their, you know, their, their heart out on a film. And then, you know, it runs the festival thing and then that's it. So it was nice that we got into, you know, a really big name streaming platform um, that everyone can be proud of and everyone can watch. Right. Now, th- that's the other thing, you know, n- nothing to be taken away from the time and effort you put into a movie, but you know, I, I come from the video store days and, mm-hmm. and box art, box art and posters are everything, you yeah. know, when it comes to getting eyes on a thing. And the same can be said for a streaming service, right? If you see something that has an eye catching visual, you know, you have a chance that you're going to click on it, especially with prime when, you know, what a perfect way to get your name out there than to be on the, Hey, I, I pay for prime. So I'm going to take a chance on this movie that, prime is telling me i might like mm-hmm. um but the the visual that prime uses i don't know if, if you guys had that created if that was a poster or if prime just did that but the visual of you know hey this is what this movie is and you know the, all the characters standing there and the 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 really really cool font on the on the movie title kind of interweaving it just it looks like such a legitimate you know what it, it's just very eye-catching you know, and you look at that and you go, oh, man, this is like a big Hollywood, you know, thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I really like that. I don't, I don't know if you guys had anything to do with that or if that's just what Prime puts together or if that was like yeah, a... I'm gonna, I, I'm gonna take that as a full compliment because I actually I, I designed and, and, and made the poster. Um, Spencer awesome. who, who yeah, Spencer is a um, he's a the photographer, the house photographer at um, the Lynn item. And I had him come and take the picture and then I, I designed it. Um, and you know, I, I knew I didn't want to use a screenshot from the movie. I wanted it to be its own thing. I a appreciate posters shot, are their own yeah. thing and a, and a standstill picture. Um, so I actually like a month after the film, I kind of, I was just like thinking about the poster and what I want to do with it. And, and that kind of, that image kind of came to me because I think, uh, it was important to see them in a car because that kind of is the central theme of the movie is, is going places and going somewhere. And sometimes they can't go places. So I wanted there to be some sort of transportation in the car. And I think that them looking right at the camera all in the different spots of the car was, was, was a perfect image for it. Um, so I pre- I'm taking that as a full compliment because uh, I was always a little nervous designing the poster myself. Um, but uh, I'm happy that, that you, that you liked it. And I think the poster is people have enjoyed it. So that that's super exciting. No, and it, it, and I mean it in full confidence, you know, it's, it's like when, when you dig into something, you know, I've, I've made, I've made a couple of tiny movies with my friends and I like, I like there being, like layers to it, like things people can unwrap, you know, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm from the, you know, uh, you know, 
one of the earliest, you know, my late teens is when DVD came out and you got into that, like all special features and extra stuff. And so, you know, I, I, I see your movie, I contact you, I start like looking into it and it's like each new thing I found, it's like, oh, this is a cool, like extra thing. Like there's a lot of love put into this and knowing that, you know, it wasn't just some, you know, photoshopped thing with shots from the movie that Amazon mm-hmm. put together that comes from the package of getting on their service that, you know, you put time and effort into it as something that you wanted to be a promotional tool for your movie mm-hmm. is just even cooler than what I was thinking that, you know, you just like you sign that deal and then they go and, you know, freshen everything up and give yeah. you a, you know, it's like, this is the picture we send around to critics. So they'll hopefully watch it. Instead. It's like, mm-hmm. no, Jake Faye made this. Yeah. You know? And, and I, no, love, uh, I, I love that rapper at the end of the movie. You know, I'm, I, was it, I, I'm, I'm Jake Faye. I make shit. Or yeah, sorry, direct shit or something. Yeah. We were, and, we were, and I, I, I I had to send you a message and go, is that you? Cause yeah. that would have been even funnier. <laughs> like, yeah. we, we were doing, um, my, my good friend, Adam, who plays Winston in the movie, he, has, he, he's a sound engineer as well. And, um, so he has a recording studio in his house. And so we made a lot of the music for the film in there. And then I had the idea of the credits on, I wanted to get, you know, you know, 10 to, to 15 Lynn rappers all go kind of eight bars at a time and rap. And I, there was no, you could rap about anything you want to rap about. Just come in and, and rap. And, and Andres, who goes by vintage fiend, he played the, the kid that that ends up jumping Sindel and uh, he came in, we were doing kind of groups of three. It was right before COVID. And uh, he came in, I, I kind of made the joke to everyone. I was like, the only re- the, the only rule is you got to mention me in the rap. <laughs> and I was just joking, you know, and I, and I let them know I was just joking. And he gets in the booth and that's like his third line of the song. And I was like, Oh God, but it, it worked perfect. And it, it was cool. And I appreciated the shout out for sure. <laughs> it works so well in the movie. Cause it's like, it, it gives it that bookend of that. This is a, uh, a labor of love of a bunch of people that like, just love making this movie together mm-hmm. instead of, you know, like you said, you know, people ask a question, Hey, you know, it's a, it's a white writer and director. Does he have any, you know, any, um, right to be making a story like this, but it's like, no, no, I'm, I'm part of this group. And, and I like that you had, you know, um, mixed characters, you know, characters that aren't all just, you know, one stereotypical rapper type, you know, you've got, mm-hmm. you know, people from all walks of life and, and all backgrounds. And it's like, that is very much the Lynn story. This isn't mm-hmm. just, you know, a city with one guy in it, you know, or, or, you know, like you'd think, um, you know, if someone watches eight mile, they're going to think, okay, all Detroit has is white rappers, you know, yeah. it's like, but, but that, but also that's not what that movie's trying to say either. But, you know, it's, it's very important that you get, the feel if, if someone was to come to Lynn and go to uh go to a rap show, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? They're going to see these guys. Yeah. Absolutely. They're, they're not, they're, they're not going to see some, this movie isn't selling them crap. Like it, mm-hmm. it's, this is legitimate. The world you're going to get bumps, bumps and bruises and all, you know, yeah. <laughs> you, you know, you're, you, you, if, if, if you got a problem with people smoking a ton of pot, you're probably going to have an issue around this group of guys. Cause that, yeah. that was my entire teenage years. You couldn't go uh, anywhere. Yeah. Not, not that it bothered me, but I'm watching in the movie and I'm going, I, I'm going to ask him how much the pot budget was for this movie. Cause <laughs> they do not stop. <laughs> uh, but again, bu- but again, also existing in a world where, you know, my high school years, that was, you know, the kids that were dealing in actual things that should have been legal, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll leave it at that. Yeah. You know, you didn't hear about that stuff. You know, that just happened in the background. People were getting killed over that stuff. But mm-hmm. 
when I, when, you know, when I was 18 hanging out with these groups, like pot was like the worst thing you could possibly do. Like, Oh no, that guy, yeah. he's a scumbag. And it's sitting there going. And now I, I, I love driving around and looking at all the dispensaries and just going, are we being serious right now? If yeah. I took a time machine back, people would not believe me. They'd be like, no, you're not from the future. That no, no, there's no way. Cause it was such a, like, no, no, no. Like that's bad. <laughs> and like, and, and I'm watching this and, I love that it's authentic about that too. Cause it's like, you, you can't pretend that kids aren't doing what kids do. Mm-hmm. You, you, you can't sugarcoat that. Um, and, and it would take away from, you know, part of the hangout, right. Part of the hangout and the inspiration and the creation of the art and the, um, the, 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 the coping mechanisms, the therapy of it all, right. Like, you know, I need X right now. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Or I'm not going to be able to like get by. And it's like, no, these are real legitimate problems that when you're stuck and, and, I, and I love that idea of being stuck and whether or not he mm-hmm. really is or not, mm-hmm. you know, I love that line. If you can conquer Lynn, you can conquer anywhere. And it's like, that's, that's so important because you don't somewhere else. You're, you're a visitor somewhere else. This mm-hmm. city knows you. You know what I mean? And you, you have to live and work and get by here. You go somewhere else. You're a visitor. You can almost sneak through, but here, you know, you're, you're in the crosshairs all the time. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and I like, I like that, that, that whole idea. Um, it's amazing that you got this together so quick An 11 day shoot. Yeah, Damn. it was, we moved, we moved very fast on it. Uh, we, we just budget wise, we were shooting at like close to, to, $4,500 a day for that. So we, we had to do it quick. Um, and I think that a lot of people that, I, that signed up for crew wise, they were a little nervous that we were going to be moving this fast. And the first day we shot all the basement scenes on day one so that you're looking at, you know, 11 to 12 pages of script. Um, yeah. in one day it was close to like, no, maybe like 13 pages of script. And I kind of had to let people know, like, listen, we're, we're, we're doing so many, uh, table reads that we're going to be fine. These are guys playing themselves. We got this. And I think that it was important for me to show the crew that that first day that we got this, don't worry about, don't worry about the actors. Like, you know, we, we've been working and, and I think that first day, let everyone know that um, it was going to be a good shoot and that we were going to work efficiently, um, especially myself being the producer, writer, director, you know, casting everything really to, to show the, the, um, the crew that, that, um, that's never worked with me and I have nothing to show them before that besides, you know, my senior thesis film that, that, that I can work at, at a high level. And I think that helped them kind of believe, believe in me, um, from a professional level not just, I'm working for him. And that's, that's it, right? When you're, when you're making a movie like this and I hear that from everybody, if, if anyone ever feels like I'm working for a person mm-hmm. that can take, that can deflate, that can take the, because film films, 11 day shoot or a three month shoot, you know, whatever it is, it is a labor of love. It's not going to be easy. There's, no. there's going to be days where the hours are going to be long. There's going to be days where you're going to be asked to do something over and over again. Um, or, or a shot's not going to go how you want. You're going to have to redo it or whatever. And it's going to suck. But mm-hmm. if you're, if you're working with, if you always feel like you're working with someone and it's never a do this because I'm the boss, it, mm-hmm. it's, you're, you're all part of the art yeah. and, uh, and I, I can't wait for your, for everyone involved to get to see this in the theater with you. I, I think that's yeah. going to be a hell of a day. No, I, what, I, was I, some, I, what was the reaction of everyone involved when they get to see this? Um, they were really, really excited. Um, 
Adam, who who is my good friend, he you know his whole family loved it and, and was super excited to see it. Um, I think everyone that was involved in it was waiting so long um, because post production just takes so long. And then with with COVID yeah. and and things, it's just it's a long, really long, long process. So everyone was was super excited. Um, um, the crew is all you know emailed me back and and, and was proud of what we did. Um, and I'm excited that we can get it on Prime for them, so they they know that you know it, it it's almost like you know a badge of honor that, you know, we, we got distribution for it. Um, you know, Catherine, the, the DP during our color correction process, you know, the first thing she said was like, Oh, the, the image looks like gorgeous. And, and, and she's such a professional and does this in, in, at such a high level that, you know, those kind of things, they, they, they mean a ton. They mean a ton to me. Um, and then when you get like the, 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 you know, the pat on the back and the, yo, this was dope from, from local rappers, all over new England. And oh, this is like, you know, this inspired me or, you know, now people are going through me to send me their music videos and their music. You know, it, it, it's, a, oh, cool, it's yeah. a cool feeling um, because I've always believed in local rap. And now in some sense, I'm like being put on this like pedestal of like, you know, you got to reach out to him to, to see if your music's good, which I don't want that. I don't want that, that job, but um, it's been really cool to get the rap. Like, I think that's one of the most important things for me was, was rappers to come reach out and, and say they enjoyed the film and that it, it meant something to them and that it was real because that that's the most important thing. If if, if it didn't please if it didn't please rappers, then who who was this movie for? And and the, it was phony. But the fact that they're they're giving it their stamp um, means the world to me. And I don't need you know Jay Z or, or or some big big rapper to give me that badge. I just need a, a local rapper from here to say this was a real story about us and that that means the world to me. Yeah, and you, you hit all those levels, right? Because you can get a lot of filmmakers going, well, I'm, I'm telling Jake Faye's story. You mm-hmm. know, they'd say, and it's like, all right, cool. Yeah, you know, sure. Like, that, that's awesome, and that feels authentic. But you're like, it's not just your story. You're telling a city's story mm-hmm. and a particular type of person from that city. And if they are all telling you, wow, you know, you you captured me. You captured what my life is like on screen. That's that's bigger than you. It, it you know, it it uh you know dies with the author right you put it mm-hmm. out there and the thing takes on a life of its own and as people see it and realize maybe even more than what you even thought it was about and, and that's cool like they get oh man yeah well jake Fay's now the quality control guy for local win rap i need to send all my stuff to him you're like uh okay <laughs> i i love how that happens it it it, it in any level, you know, with this show, I I got a lot of my viewership on this because my brother's a local uh, Boston um, uh, film critic, mm-hmm. and you know him and I do a podcast together. So I get like his fans that like found me and loved my show, and I'm I'm a really open person, so I'll just say, yeah, you know, you want to be a guest, come on the show, and they'll come on and be like starstruck, and yeah. I'm like okay like that's a that's a hard recalibration to do when you're just being yourself mm-hmm. you know to be like and and i and i love that about you that it's just not i wanted to make a movie about lynn and hearing more than you know like like went to legitimate film school and and i now all of those things i picked up in the the way the script was put together and it's like yeah this is someone that really knows what they're doing and mm-hmm. Is still making art. It's not like you're just doing art by the numbers where a professor said it has to be this way. Your movie feels like your your heart's on your sleeve and it's all there on the screen. And that's that's a hard balancing act, man. I really appreciate that this movie exists and I I appreciate you wanting to talk about it. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and I think 
we, like I said, we had a successful festival run, um, but it wasn't, we weren't getting into the Sundances and the, and the Atlantis. And first time out the gate, uh, I'm not really expecting to do that. But I think that what is important with this film, and I think what you picked up on it is, it's this really raw, gritty story. It's, it's, we're mirroring real life. We're not being ambitious to the sense that we're telling a Disney story or telling some story that's never, maybe never been told before. We're telling a story that mirrors real life. And I think for some of those bigger film festivals, that's not kind of what they're looking for. And that's okay with me. And I think that's why we found more success when, when we've gone on Amazon prime that, you know, people that just like this genre and want to see these movies get to see it. Um, and it's not a film festival telling you um, this is a great movie. It's, it's the people that are enjoying it telling you that. And that's, that's super important to me. Yeah. Like, like some of the best local music gets shared, mm-hmm. right? Exactly. And then that's that that's the cool thing, you know. And again, back to that, I love the scenes of characters in this movie just watching their friends on YouTube with like a cool video. And it's like that that is so now mm-hmm. and how people share stuff, but at the same time, they weren't watching a Jay-Z video and going, I want to be that. They're watching a guy that we just saw them eat dinner with at Tipico earlier in the movie, mm-hmm. you know, and it's like, I want to be like that guy. And it's like that's that's the kind of movie this is, is you're looking, you're looking at everybody and going, we're on the same level. And any one of us could be, could something great could happen for any one of us tomorrow and mm-hmm. not, Oh, we all just need to strive to be this one guy. And, exactly. and I, I like that story a lot more than I like the, Oh yeah, there's a hundred thousand of you waiting in line, you know, for this American idol audition. And only one of you is going to get any credit. It's mm-hmm. like, uh, yeah, that's, that's just reminding you that you're not going to amount to anything. That's not the story <laughs> we want to tell, you but. know? <laughs> um, and that, that's really cool. So uh, out, out of the guise of, of keeping you forever, even though I, I know that we could just keep on talking, I'd like to give you a chance to hit on something or give a shout out to something or anything you want that, you know, the, 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 the microphone is yours, sir, as it were. Um, I would say first, I just want to thank you for having me. It's been a great conversation. Um, also anyone out there listening, definitely go on Amazon prime, check out our film, um, and give us an honest review. If it's a one-star movie, throw us a one-star. If it's a four-star movie, throw us a four-star movie and, and tell us what you think in the reviews. Me just selfishly. I just love reading the reviews, good, bad, or indifferent. I, I enjoy it. I think there's been some reviews that kind of sandwich, uh, positivity and what they maybe didn't like. And, and some of the stuff I a hundred percent agree with. So definitely go out and watch the movie and review it for us and share it with your friends and let people know. Um, to watch it because it, it, it means the world to us that you know we make this art we put it out there and we want people to see it and um, and give us their honest opinions um, so definitely go out there and watch that and then um, be on the lookout we have um, a documentary coming out on Antonio Anderson he's a Lynn basketball player um, it's a feature-length documentary that should be out around May um, and then me and Samantha Valletta are co-directing and co-producing a, a narrative feature film called Table for One that should be again out around this summer so uh, be on the lookout for those and go watch the process for sure Oh, awesome. That's great. And and I want to know that it's an open invite when you have more um, information you can give about those things. I'd love to have you back on and talk. I'd also like to extend, you know, if you know anyone in your circle that was involved or just someone from Lynn that's trying to get, you know, their, their voice out there more or whatever, I'd be happy to have anybody on that, you know, wants, a, wants, a, wants another Lynn guy, help them get their, get their voice out there. I'd, I'd appreciate doing that definitely yeah i, I uh, definitely will send over some names for you so cool we'll, we'll spread the I, love i want to start focusing you know I, i've been trying you know when when my shows have been blowing up and i've gotten you know reviews and gotten like you know there was a kid i went to high school with 
named Ryan Morrison who um, mm-hmm. co who wrote wrote and edited a big movie that went to Khan, you know. <laughs> Out of, yeah. out of nowhere with Mads Mikkelsen and I had him on now, you know, I try to get like the local papers and stuff to be like, Hey, I'm a local guy from Lynn interviewing other Linners. Let's try to, you know, get the word out that Lynn's doing things, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And, and you never really hear anything back. And it's like, I, I want to try to be a, a, a sounding board for the city as much as I'm trying to, you know, get my name out there too. So. Yeah, definitely. There's, there's a lot of things off here. We could talk about uh local press. <laughs> yeah, no, believe me. <laughs> Um, but before, but before I let you go, I, I, I want, uh, before we have that quick conversation, Dan, um, I, I wanted to, to, to thank you, Jake, for, for giving me the time. Thank you for shooting the shit with Chippa. Um, and please everybody check out the process and be honest. Like I say with my shows that that's kind of what your movie's about, right? You can't get better without criticism and criticism mm-hmm. doesn't mean something's bad. That's the thing I think that the world is forgetting today is that the thing that you love the most, you should still be able to point out something that isn't quite right about it because that's art. Art's subjective, man. And if, if you don't tell someone back, Hey, maybe you could, you know, write that a little better, say that a little better, act that a little better. You're just going to make the same thing over and over and over again. Um, and, and wouldn't, wouldn't rap suck if it was the same thing over and over again. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. So, uh, Jake, it's been a pleasure. Good, sir. Thank you so much for having me. All right. We'll talk to you all soon.